I, you know, I kind of begrudgingly respect just the dedication to not getting better at what you do for a living. Just <laughs> <laughs> coast through life. It, it probably shouldn't even happen. Oh, if you got it, you got to flaunt it, acid. Uh, you know what? I got a lot of stuff that I don't want to flaunt, so <laughs> I just keep it to myself. Jeremy is really big into the used mattresses. <laughs> I think that's an excellent, excellent deal. He has a used mattress store on the side. <laughs> I'm not going to pull the pants down without the pants down cue. Uh, and we found out that Anthony's friends are all 13-year-old boys. Nice. <laughs> Clay, uh, how you doing? Doing a little more poorly after that terrible, terrible introduction. I was just fine, to be honest with you. <laughs> Hello, Sci-Fi Gangsters. This is a show where we talk about science fiction, comic books, and video games. Really, it's just an excuse for me to catch up with my friends. I'm Anthony Dollar, media scholar and person who had Chipotle for dinner today and and for the 10th time in a row was disappointed. So is it it time for me to stop uh, getting Chipotle? I don't know. Maybe that would be my topic today. Maybe I'll do a go on a rant on what happened Chipotle. But that's not our topic today. That's not our main topic. Today's topic, we're talking about can you separate the art from the artist? This topic came about because we were debating if we wanted to talk about the Harry Potter video game. Obviously, there was a lot of uh, sort of debate and the Harry Potter fandom whether to embrace the game or to... um, to to reject the game based on J.K. Rowling's uh, comments about transgender people. So um, obviously there's uh, some back and forth in there. So it kind of leads us to the the question: Can you separate the art from the artist? So for example, if the the main author of a text does something problematic or something you disagree with, uh, can you still sort of uh, in, enjoy? The, uh, the, the, the fan object, if you will. Can you still enjoy it? But that's what we'll be sort of talking about today, debating. But before we get started, I do want to introduce the panel here. Let's start off with my co-host, Jeremy. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, just working. And uh, I had a, a unique experience for me today. I went to a, a Dollar General for the first time ever. And it was okay. not for the first time ever. Okay. I was not quite prepared for the amount of stuff that was going to be in there. There's a lot of stuff at a Dollar General. Very good. Well, I'm, I'm happy to hear you had a good Dollar General experience. Maybe I didn't say it was good. I just said it was unique to me. All right. Well, maybe you'll expand on it in your segment. Maybe you won't. But uh, there you go, Jeremy. I went inside a Dollar General, right? An, an eventful moment for him. Uh, put that in like in, in the history of his life. He marked it down. He'll remember when he first walked into a Dollar General. Up next is the producer of the show, Acid Train. Acid, how you doing? I'm uh, doing pretty good. Um, I've been into many Dollar Generals, uh, probably with a similar experience. But uh, yeah, there you go. Nothing else. Well, dollar- nothing else new. Yeah. I think the most times I've gone into Dollar General, there have always been bathroom situations on a trip where we had to stop to go to use the restroom. I was like, oh, we'll go in this Dollar General right here. Uh, but um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, so I said, we'll get, we'll, we'll get back to you here in a second, but let's get to our guest and that's Noah. Noah, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Good to have you, Noah. 
Awesome. Yeah. So we just, um, we're selling our house. So it's kind of chaotic, which is why I have my background blurred, but, um, but yeah, so we're moving in two days. All right. Well, well, hopefully you'll have a successful move and I'm not helping you move. So don't No, I was going to ask, what time are you going to be here? Let's <laughs> load up these trucks. Uh, as someone who has helped my family, various people in my family move often, I'm not doing it anymore. No more, <laughs> no more. But uh, anyways, so once again, our main topic for today, we're going to talk about can you can you separate the art from the artist? Obviously, I'm sure we could come up with, with many examples of a particular producer of an object, a fan object that sort of did something wrong. Michael Jackson, right, is another, is one example. Um, um, Bill Cosby. I don't know. I'm just saying we'll, we'll be talking about this uh, here in a second. But let's go ahead and get to our first segment of the show. And that's where we just talk about what's new uh, in, our, in our lives. And I, I think it's time for, that we need to talk about Chipotle. Look, I've always been a defender of Chipotle. Anyway, anytime anyone bad, bad mouths Chipotle, I've always been the one that defends it. I've always enjoyed it. It's not the perfect meal, right? Obviously, if you want better Mexican food, you go to a real Mexican place. Yes, I get it. But if you want fast food, right, so to speak, that is that can be healthy, depending on what you pick, healthy-ish, right? Healthier than going to McDonald's. How about that? Then Chipotle was always the and – and you can always get a lot of food for the most part. You can go in there and you can order – I always order extra rice. It fills me up. Or anyways – but recently, I don't know if it's just the Chipotles that we have here in Auburn and Opelika. We have two Chipotles. Both of them are pretty bad. I don't know if it's just the ones that we have here or if Chipotle in general has just gone downhill significantly. Because every time, so let's say the past 10 times that I've gone, I've never been completely satisfied with the meal. Either it, the rice is undercooked or they're missing ingredients. They're always missing something. Today... I had Chipotle for dinner. They didn't have any veggies. They didn't have any veggies, which look, I guess out of all the ingredients to not have, veggies is probably the best. But here's, here's the crazy thing. Now Chipotle does this thing where they have like the, the online orders that are going on simultaneously as the, the in-house orders. And obviously doing out the, the online orders is garbage. It's just, I stay away from that because they always mess up the order. They give you very little food. Right. So I and then you always have to wait longer for whatever reason. You always have to wait longer with the online orders. So I always like ordering in person because I, I can make sure I can control what's on the freaking burrito bowl. And I can see I can ask for a little extra. Like, can you get a little of the rice if the person's being a little stingy? Right. So I've always enjoyed the in-house ordering experience today. Um, I'm, I'm in line and I'm ordering and I said, oh, oh do you have any veggies? And uh, the, the, the lady there, I'm sure she's a nice lady. She said, no, there's no veggies. And I was, I was like, oh, okay, okay. And I looked over and I can see the online order area. Like I can see everything that they have there. And right when I said, uh, Do, does that side have any veggies? I saw someone literally picking up a spoonful of veggies and putting it onto a bowl. Right. And I said, I looked over there and I said, does this, do they have veggies over there? And she looked over there and she looked back to me and she said, no. And I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I laughed and she knew 
then I saw the veggies over there. I was like, okay, I guess we're just going to do this. That's fine. But anyways, what I'm trying to say is Chipotle has been disappointing me. Like, I know, Jeremy, I know you've been on the Chipotle, off the Chipotle bandwagon for a long time. Yeah, so, I mean, I ate there more than anyone else I know. I mean, I probably averaged 20-plus meals a month um, for several years. And then there's a, there was a stark contrast. And I'm going to say it, it's significantly before uh, recently. I'm going to say about four years ago. It all went downhill, and yeah, I don't, I don't go there anymore. I had to stop going out of principle because mm. I, I refused that, to give them my money because of how poor it became. I agree with you. I will say the pandemic definitely exacerbated. Was, so they changed management here locally, and it was so it was pre-pandemic when it got really bad. Mm-hmm. And they so they and they do not handle the online order thing well. No one does. They don't. Yeah. So first of all, online orders and online registering in itself, getting a haircut is, is, is that's all stupid, right? Because what everybody ends up doing is they register online and then they just hang out like and, 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 and that's what everybody does. And then when you show up there, there's a huge line of online registers because and then people can just walk in whenever they want. It's it's all it's all it's all messed up. Right. And. If you order online at Chipotle, either A, you get there and you have to wait, versus if you were in the house, you would get the food and then leave. You have to be there and just wait while everyone else is getting their food. Either either that's happening or you wait longer before you get there and your food's cold. So well, the food's always cold when you order online. But anyways, so what I'm trying to say is I'm very disappointed, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> But my son, Victor, he actually really likes it now. Like, he's he's on the Chipotle bandwagon now, so he he kind of wants it too. It's like, oh, we'll go give it a shot. And it wasn't bad today. It really wasn't. It tasted okay. It's just, it's, it was it was one thing. It was just, it's always one thing. No veggies or whatever. So, but yeah, there you go. There's my Chipotle rant. Noah, your thoughts on Chipotle? Um, I hate Chipotle. My <laughs> husband loves it, but it's, I don't like it at all. It it doesn't taste good. Um, it's never yeah. It's always bad. It's always a bad experience. But he just keeps going back. So I don't know why. It makes well, no sense. Do you, Jeremy? Do you remember when going to Chipotle was a treat? Like it was like, oh, we're gonna go to. Ch-. No, no, I'm not taking it too far. <laughs> gonna put on our sunday clothes and go to sears i think that that we've just been told that that chipotle is so good for so long that people just believe it like i don't know i i don't think it's true it's that starbucks mentality yeah you can't live without it you know that's right gotta have that starbucks gotta have chipotle your life is i'm sure there are still i'm sure there are still good chipotles out there but the ones that we have here locally yeah, the, the, I mean, I'll go to the one in Atlanta um, by my sisters. I mean, the one in Atlanta. It's it's in Roswell, um, mm-hmm. Johns Creek area. It is. I mean, it's pretty good. Um, but in general, yeah, I mean, the the freshness of the of the food has definitely gone downhill. I agree with that statement. All right, that's enough on Chipotle for today. Let's go ahead and get to Jeremy. What, what do you want to talk about? Uh, so I'm all caught up on card um is there I, a new, has there been a new episode since 
So there's a new one that comes out tonight, tonight which okay. will be number eight, I guess, mm -hmm. eight or nine. Um, it's been so long since I've watched a weekly show, I forgot what it was like to wait. Uh, they have to wait? A week in between. Um, and I don't mind it. Um, I, I do. I think there are benefits to having the, the delayed gratification. Um, well, yeah. that's kind of what that's kind of what WandaVision was. Like, I think a lot of the success of WandaVision was the fact that it had like a lot of mystery in the show, and it, you were forced to have to wait. And then that's when all the fan theories start to come came out, and then it was fun to sort of speculate on what was going to happen. It ended up being a little bit of a disappointment there at the very end, uh, but for the most part, I, th I think that was the fun of WandaVision as you were sort of watching it with everybody else. Yeah, and I mean, for certain shows, it gives you a chance to like rewatch it and really digest it before the next episode. Uh, Picard's not not that deep; it doesn't require a rewatch. <laughs> uh, but it's it's fun. I'm interested to see how they how they wrap it all up. And once again, it's significantly better than the first two seasons. Like, I mean, it's it's like night and day how much better it is from definitely season two. Which I will say once again, I think it's worth repeating. Season two of Picard is garbage, like just horrible storytelling, everything, right? But I, I'm, I'm loving season three. There you go. There you go. So, um, uh, Acid, what's new? Um, I'm still on the old workout bandwagon. This is uh, week seven, I believe, in a row uh, that I have continued my my. I've, either, I've kind of swapped it out because I don't, I don't want to damage my knees too bad. So I've alternated running and uh, really big incline on the treadmill, like 11, 12% incline with a, you know, with a, you know, pretty uh, energetic walk, you know, gets the, gets the glutes going, you know, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. So, oh yeah. Gotta get those glutes. Uh, gotta get those glutes going. I lost my glutes many years ago. I guess I'm trying to get a little bit of them back. Um, yeah, they're somewhere around here. I'll, I'll find them eventually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've been doing that. Wednesday is my, my rest day. So I do six days a week. Um, so I've been doing that. And, oh, I did uh, purchase my plane ticket to Chicago for Combo Breaker. There so, you go. Yeah, I spent money on that. And, Yeah. That's it. Now I'm getting ready to buy my uh, brand new computer. So I'm super excited about it. That seems like you have a lot of great things. Uh, when you when you are heading to Combo Breaker, I'll be heading down to Orlando and spending all of our savings on <laughs> creating a memorable experience for two kids that may enjoy it. Like they, they'll enjoy it. Maybe. But uh, I think Lexi's still a little young. She's four years old. I think she'll she'll enjoy some aspects of it. But Victor is 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 still eight, so he can't go on any of the rides really. I mean, we we might be able to find like a smaller roller coaster go on, but I, I guess yeah. they're gonna enjoy it. But um, so yeah, we'll be doing that. Jeremy will not make an appearance there in Orlando as well. He might make a cameo. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, we'll be headed down there in June, so to do our Disney extravaganza. There you go. You just got to do it. It's the mess. Uh, we made our our uh, dinner restaurant reservations just a couple hours ago, actually. So we got ours at the Chocolate Emporium. We got our reservations for the Chocolate. Oh, Emporium. you're doing Universal. Oh, okay. 
Well, it just that for that we just got. Oh, our, just for that. Oh, okay. For that rat for that rent for that restaurant. So, gotcha. all right, Noah, what's new with you? Um, well, like I said, just bought a house, and this house is um now off the market, so I'll be moving soon. But yeah. So finally got a house at the pool. I'm super excited. Ooh. Oh, well, fantastic. Yeah. This is gonna be a, this is a weird moment for you because you're in between two houses you're sort of like you're still attached to the old house right because you still got to do things like clean up a little bit mm -hmm. you still you still kind of own it still yeah but then you're also excited about your new house so you're in between yeah. i still make a joke every time i pass my old house like when we're on on the way to tiger town i always make a joke if Linda's in the car sometimes i'll say it by myself if there's no one else in the car i'll go hey do we need to stop by the old house real quick because that was something <laughs> we would always say because there's always something we had to do at the old house, whether it was like we had to like clean up or, or mow the lawn or whatever, something at the old house while we were like selling it. So like every time we would have, oh, do we need to go by the old house real quick? So I still make that joke today. It's been like four years since we sold that house. Like, oh, do we need to stop by the old house real quick? And Alinda loves never, it every time she left. I still have not been in your, I still have not been in your current house. Yeah, we need to rectify that. You definitely need to come over to, to the yeah. new house. Y'all should all come over to my new house this weekend. You pool know, pool move party. some furniture. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> so well, hopefully that. Anthony bring the Chipotle over. <laughs> oh, I was saying hopefully there's not a lot of back and forth because we're moving from Huntsville to Birmingham. Well, that's so, not too bad. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Well, very good. Well, good luck on your all your moving situations. Very good. All right, so let's go ahead and get to our topic for today, and that is we're just going to have a conversation on, you know, can you separate the art from the artist? We could we could focus on Harry Potter if we want to, if we kind of talk about other examples as well. I guess I'll just go ahead. I'll I'll, I'll give other people a chance to kind of start the conversation, but I'll sort of I'll begin by saying that this is a debate that has been going on for a really long time, and there's no right or wrong answer here. I totally get anyone who says to themselves, this is something that I enjoy, whatever it is. This is something that I enjoy, and I'm not going to let the creator or whatever ruin it for me. I'm going to like it no matter what. And, and really, I, can, I think you can also make the argument that as soon as it, like, it gets out there and it, and it sort of generates a fan base, it no longer really belongs to the creator, although obviously all the finances go to the creator – but then it belongs to the fans and they sort of appropriate it. And then they add to the fan and fan and if you will, right. Mm -hmm. All the fan creations. And then it becomes part of the, the zeitgeist it becomes part of the fan, the fan community. I get that argument. I most certainly do. I also, and, and to sort of to build on that argument, I also understand that it is not everyone's individual responsibility to correct, correct things, right. The idea that in order for us to, make a stand that it's it's your individual responsibility to like not consume that product anymore. And if you do consume that product, you're like, you're advocating for whatever this person you're disagree with or whatever. Like you're, so I totally understand the argument that like, that's not your individual responsibility just because that what the creator did something wrong. If you like the thing that they make, it doesn't make you a bad person because you like that thing. Right. Most certainly. Do disagree with that 100%. However, I totally also understand anyone who says to themselves, I love this thing, this fan object, 
but the creator has done something that I completely disagree with. Therefore, I feel like it is my, not responsibility, but it is, it is my choice to make a stand and say, I will no longer support this person because I, A, I don't want them to get my money, or B, I just can't enjoy it anymore because the person has, the creator has ruined it for me. I totally get that too. So I understand both sides of the argument. And obviously there's, there's nuance there. And if we put this in the context of Harry Potter, right? If you are a huge fan of Harry Potter, maybe you grew up reading the books and watching the films and it's become part of your identity in some way. It's become part of your childhood and you don't want to get that up. Like even if you do disagree with something that J.K. Rowland said, right? You don't want to give that up. So, so I, I, I completely understand that position, right? Because at that point, it becomes such a big part of who you are, you know, like your fandom, that by giving it up, it feels almost unfair to you. So playing the video game is you're, you're sort of denying yourself pleasure based, based on like, yeah, you're kind of making a statement, but then you're also not able to play a fun video game. Like I understand that, but I also understand the other side that says, well, we live in a capitalistic society, right? And the idea is if we truly want to make a statement that will be heard by powerful people and JK Rowland is a relatively powerful person now, right? Because she is, she has a lot of wealth, right? Um, if we want to make a statement that will reach to the powerful people, then we have to speak the way that they'll understand. And that is not by their stuff, right? So the only way for us to actually make a change is to collectively become activists and boycott the thing, because that's, that's really the only thing that we as a people can do to make it to send a message because yes, we can tweet things on Twitter, but that's, that could, that's going to be ignored. But if we, if we say as a community, we're no longer accepting this, then maybe that will force change or whatever. So once again, I completely both understand both sides. And of course there is a lot of nuance there. Maybe you say, I'm going to play the video game, but I'm not going to do this, or I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to do that. I totally get that too. So I just wanted to preface that, and then we'll kind of get to, we'll start with acid, because acid, I know you're, you were talking about this in terms of, uh, you, you felt like there were some communities that were being um, hostile, right? So I, I want to mm -hmm. give you a chance to talk about it. Yeah, so I was actually looking at, okay, got it. So I, look, I, I love video games. Regardless, I don't really care who made these video games. I'm going to enjoy them um, for what they are. I will are. say, though, you, you took a stand and you stopped playing games made by that one company, right? Because we talked about this. Yeah, but that wasn't because somebody did something. Like not That's not because a one person made a bad decision. That was because a company decided to start adding a bunch of microtransactions that we've never right. seen before. Um, over the course of a couple of years, and it just for me it just got way out of hand. <laughs> I was just like I, I couldn't keep up anymore. I would have spent thousands and thousands of dollars trying to keep up, and I just I couldn't do it anymore. Um, but this is a game that 
you purchase, as far as I know, one time. There's no additional, there's no monthly fees. There's no additional content yet. I'm sure there will be, like with every other game, there'll probably be an expansion or an add-on or something. But as of right now, it's very simplistic. Is it going to get game of the year? No, of course not. But, you know, it's it's in a world that I enjoy. It's an escape from reality for some people. And um, the the boycott was so toxic with um, people um, going into to streamers' channels on YouTube and on Twitch and that kind of stuff and just lambasting them. And, and just shooting them all kinds of hate and you know we you know you're transphobic and we hate you and we hope you die and blah 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 all this stuff just i mean it just got out of hand um which kind of backfired on all the folks giving them hate and boycotting because over i think the first few weeks sold over 12 million copies of the game and people even went out of their way to buy multiple copies of this game just because just because they, you know, they wanted to just kind of, all right, well, you're going to do this or we're going to do this and we've got some money and we're going to blow it on this and gift gift some games to people who want it that can't afford it or whatever the case may be. But I, ca- I can't look at a, a product and this is a, you know, this is a good example of Hogwarts Legacy. I can't look at Hogwarts Legacy and say, oh, I'm not going to play this game because of what someone who had nothing to do with the game at all, only creating the world itself. Like, I'm pretty sure J.K. Rowling didn't go up to Port Key Games and say, hey, um... I think we need to make this video game, uh, you know, about you know about the Harry Potter universe, and she come up with all these ideas and tell them how to build the game, and uh, like she, I'm sure she had hardly anything to do with it. And in fact, I bet they came to her and said, "Hey, a lot of fans want a really good uh, Harry Potter universe game. Um, if we create this, we'll give you X amount for royalties and whatever. I mean, are we are we good with this?" And she was probably like, "Yeah, sure." And they signed a contract, and that was it. You know, she I'm got sure her... it wasn't even that. I'm sure she had nothing to do with any part of it. Yeah, um, but but she'll went, get her. They cut. went to Warner Brothers and licensed the IP. Yeah, but she had very probably very little to do with any of this. Um, of course, but the I mean, argument's going to be. But she's profiting off of it, right? She's yes, gonna get of course, profit. of course. I mean, indirectly, not not directly. It's not like she needed it, you know. She was like, "Oh, okay, well, more money." I mean, whenever, my bank whenever account. you, <laughs> whenever you make the IP more valuable, and anytime you have a, a a paratext, if you will, like a video game, um, it it enhances the the success of the IP in general. And if the IP becomes more valuable, then she makes more money, right? Because it's sort yeah, of, it I mean, builds... people go out and buy the books. Yes. Or buy a movie or, yeah. you know, pay somebody to stream it or whatever that works. But I, as of, as of March 20th, 2023, um, Hogwarts legacy has now generated over 1 billion with a B dollars in revenue. Which is just insane. Um, and like I said, is this going to be game of the year? No, it's not. Like, it's a good game. It is not game of the year material. 
but it's a fun little escape that you can just fly around on a broom and shoot your wand at things. And I mean, it's, you know, if you like that, that universe, you know, it's just, I totally thought you said, shoot your wand. <laughs> <laughs> wand. When's that okay. DLC come out? But I mean, you don't see people going out and, and boycotting McDonald's because their food causes obesity. And, but it's not, but it's not like on television every day and it's not on social media every day. And it's not, you know, it doesn't get all this attention. You don't see, you know, people picketing outside of cigarette companies because they cause cancer. You see a lot of of vegan activists, right? I mean, just recently in, um, uh, you know, all the artwork that was um, vandalized because of it and i mean they are largely protesting mass factory farming of which mcdonald's and the like are huge consumers of so i think you do i just think we're a little bit numb to it because we've seen it all our lives Mm. but i mean people aren't going to stop eating krispy kreme donuts because they i mean they know that it those types of things cause diabetes and heart disease and obesity and but they already know this just like they already know J.K. Rowling's stance on on her stuff, you know, but people are still going to consume it anyway because they enjoy it. I mean, they're, they're separating it. Cigarettes kill people, yet still people buy them and smoke them. And Although know. it has been going down. The cigarette, smoke has, cigarette smoking has been gone down because there's been activism. There's been... There's well, that well, that no, I, yeah, but that's not the sole reason people will stop. It's, I mean, it's significant. Well, so in the United States, it's still cheaper. If you go to like Australia, it's you know twenty twenty five dollars a pack, right? You can't support a two or three day pack habit for ninety five percent of the people. Right. Right. So, um, so, but here's the here's the thing. If you are someone who believes that there is an injustice in the world and you want to make change, this is the only avenue for that. Yeah, people do it in, in toxic ways, but this is really the only way that we have to, to be politically engaged. There, I mean, there's, there's a fundamental difference between making the choice for yourself mm-hmm. and proselytizing and bullying people because they disagree with you about something. Yeah, but that's part of that's that's sort of what works. I mean, that's sort of what I mean, gets you can't noticed. behave like that in a rational society. I mean, this this kind of behavior didn't happen thirty years ago. Well, I think it's, it just gets it gets augmented and it gets exacerbated by social media. But like, but that's the thing. I mean, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that's the that's what gets enabled. But this is our this is the digital age. And if if you know that this is your only way to be heard, or this is the easiest, le- least resistant way to be heard, then you're going to do it. You're going to. Tr- that's why trolling is so prominent. That is why all this is so prominent. You see that, and it happens like you, many different types of trolling. It just um, that's because that's kind of the time that we live in, and this is the avenue to do it. So it, it makes sense why people are doing. It, is what I'm trying to say. Noah, your, your thoughts? Um, so my thoughts are, I guess it depends on how heinous 
the, I guess, the act or whatever was that the artist committed. So, like, with, like, R. Kelly, obviously, like, he put out some good music, but, I mean, his acts were super, super heinous. Therefore, I will never, ever listen to another R. Kelly song. But, like, Kanye West, he's kind of crazy. And I like his music. So, I mean, I would totally listen to that. Now, J.K. Rowling, to me, is a totally different story because not only did she make transphobic comments that were just super disgusting, but she also doubled down afterwards. Like, when people would call her her out, when people called her out and said, how do you sleep at night, knowing that you just, like, you know, outcasted half of your fans or, you know, a ton of your fan base. And she's like, well, I just read my royalty checks and I'm fine. Like that's like legitimately what she said on Twitter. And um, to me, that's super disgusting. And it shows like no remorse. And I don't have anywhere. I don't have any, like I have nothing for it. As much as I loved Harry Potter, I love, I love like, my my son is transgendered. I love my son more. I love his people more, you know? Um, so yeah, it hurts. It sucks. It doesn't feel good. Cause I, Harry Potter was a huge part of my identity growing up, but you know, I, I just can't support it at all. All right, Jeremy, I know you're about to say something. I'm a little worried about what you're going to have to say, but go ahead and go for it. No, I mean, I think, but if she she took a stance, anyone, you take a stance, you say what you think, you shouldn't act like you changed just because people like retaliate. Unless, unless you realize what you said was wrong, it's okay to say, oh, you know what? Now I, I see what I said yeah. wrong. I think that's okay. Yeah, right? like people say things that suck all the time. Like I, <laughs> I've said a ton of things that suck. <laughs> Um, but I like grew from it, you know, I'm not the same person that I was like, you know, back then or whatever, but like for JK Rowling, like she, when, when people spoke up about it, she doubled down and she's like, no, I am this nasty. <laughs> like, this is how I feel. I don't give a shit what anyone thinks. And so it's yeah. like, at that point, it's like, okay, well, obviously doesn't care about anything but money. And that's totally fine for her. So for me, personally, I don't try to influence anyone else. But for me personally, it's just not for me. So The problem now is the right and wrong doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's gone. Like right and wrong. I mean, you have your like extreme rights and your extreme wrongs, like murder and that kind of stuff. But like even some people think that that's okay. But you got, you have this group of people over here who thinks this is right. And you got this group of people over here who think this is right. And this, these people over here think this is right. And these people back here think this is right. And then they think they're wrong. And so right and wrong is gone. Like it is just non-existent anymore. It's all about what you feel is right and wrong. Yeah, it, and it, it's the conversion of objective, the importance of the objective reality mm-hmm. to the heightened importance of subject. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh. I definitely agree with that too. Like that's why I would never like try to push my views upon someone. Like I would never be like, you guys suck right. because you play Harry Potter. Right. Exactly. And I'm Ever. I'm exactly the same way. I'm yeah. not going to push my beliefs on anybody. My, look, my, the most important people in my life 
or me, my family, you know, my wife, my kids. And as long as nobody's bothering us, uh-huh. you do a crap what you do, you know, right. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I can, I can most certainly respect that, that viewpoint. Right. Um, I think one, one thing that needs to be said, well, first of all, let me say this, because I want to say, I think, I think it's very important to say what JK, JK Rowland's stance on trans, transgender people is completely unnecessary. She did not have to make comments about this. I don't understand what is this notion with powerful people having to have stances on, on marginalized communities. I don't get it, right? Um, I, I think this reminds me of a Pete Davidson joke. By the way, Pete Davidson, not my favorite comedian, but he had a really funny joke when it was like the Adam Sandler was won an award. I think it was the Mark Twain Award. And during during the award ceremony, he said, I want to thank Adam Sandler for being one of the only older comedians that doesn't have an opinion on transgender people, <laughs> which I think is like, it's perfect, right? Exactly. Why are you having an opinion on it? Don't say anything. I don't understand this, right? So exposure. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, oh. so do you do not put room in there for the fact that people they want to behave just the same as normal people because regular people put their opinions out on social media all the time that's true so just the fact that they have money and power they can no longer interact you, in the same way but you know it's controversial yeah so, i think I, I think once you hit like a certain like threshold of like um like once you're like a certain amount of famous, like like J.K. Rowling or Stephen King or whoever, like I feel like you have a responsibility to kind of, I don't know, to your brand, you know, like th- your entire livelihood to keep those types of thoughts to yourself. If you want to express yourself, like why not just make an anonymous handle and like troll people on the internet? You know what I mean? Like there's, but they know that they have this platform that will reach millions of people and that's precisely why they do it i do think there's a a big difference too jeremy because this sort of like this conversation appears a lot on like joe rogan podcasts and that sort of thing right well it's freedom of speech i think there's a huge difference between punching up and punching down like the punching punching down i don't understand why famous powerful people feel it necessary to punch down even if you feel like I guess that you could say they don't feel like they are punching down, but when you have a marginalized community and you're sort of have opinions that demeans that community, it's com- it's completely unnecessary. So I, I don't I don't get it. I mean, but that that's again you're you're presupposing their intentions, and I just don't see that there's that much difference between people. I mean, a little bit of money difference, a little bit of of reach. But people are still people. I mean, they still interact with. Was other that a deliberate Depeche Mode song way. reference? Was you deliberately were you deliberately referencing a Depeche Mode song? People are people. Who's Depeche like... Mode? <laughs> stop, stop this. <laughs> stop no, I, this. I, I didn't realize that was one of the songs. But I mean, I I don't think people put that much thought, especially people like J.K. Rowling or Stephen King, people who built themselves up as fiction writers like they they're not influencers right they're not constantly aware of their brand so i just don't see them as being that different from anybody else 
I do agree with you 100% that maybe they're just not self-aware enough to know the difference. Like they're not, they're not self-aware enough to know that you are potentially punching down. Right. Which is why, like when, when she did make those comments and people responded to her and they were like, Hey, this hurt. And like, I've literally spent my entire life looking up to you and like, loving every single thing that you've ever done and supporting you and then she just doubles down knowing knowing that it's hurt people doubling down on it and you know drawing that line even more um I think that that's kind of what separates like her from you know everybody else or or you know people like her from just normal you know yeah, I mean, I, I will say from a from a judicial perspective, I see a very stark difference between J.K. Rowling and the other person you mentioned, R. Kelly. One person well, said things, another person did things. And to right, me, so that's now, a now we're massive just, difference. Now we're just sort of getting into like concentrations of evilness. No, <laughs> I mean, one, one, I mean, one is our, we have decided as a society that is punishable as a criminal act. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree with you. Uh, I do. I'm not trying to say, but I, I I think we get into a little bit of slippage when we're saying like, okay, so this this, but that, that's but obviously that's what how people interpret things. That's like I'm okay with this because this person only kind of did this bad thing versus I'm okay with this. So I, yeah, I agree with you. That sort of it, it does play into how people decide on, on on what is acceptable and not i think it do it, it is worth mentioning though as someone who considers themselves to be a fan scholar and, and and reads a lot on the literature on fandom and that is that the harry potter fan community has historically always been big advocates for social justice there's been a lot of literature on how the harry potter community has has sort of collectively come together and advocated for civil rights and, and, and so forth and so forth and so forth, gay rights, right? <laughs> so um, they have been active uh, for a very long time. And not just in terms of like Harry Potter fans tend to be more politically active, active for social justice. No, they've actually used the Harry Potter fandom as a means of galvanizing a group of people. And this has been a ton of literature on this. So it makes sense that this community would somehow feel betrayed by J.K. Rowling because they because before J.K. made these comments about transgender people that the fan community has historically, without J.K. Rowling's blessing, it's not like it's not like she was leading the charge. No, the fans did it themselves, choosing Harry Potter as a means of galvanizing people. So it makes sense that the community would then say, "Whoa, whoa, what?" This is not who we are, and we, we can't have our so, supposed leader advocating for this. So it almost feels like it's like an overreaction based on like a, a sense of betrayal. I mean, but do you not do you not think it's due to a a generational difference in what social justice meant? Oh yeah. Because my understanding is what she she said was was well I don't really know what all she said and I don't know what she doubled down on but her argument is she said she was trying to protect one group 
right? She wasn't, she isn't saying that she's saying against, she's saying pro another. Yeah, I think. Isn't that I her argument? She, yeah, she was trying to make an argument about sort of like protecting femininity in a way or something like that. I think that's what she, her argument was, was about, what her original comment, right? So I, I, th I think she's made additional comments after that that sort of made people a little upset. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like cancel, like the, the, the way conservatives frame cancel culture is like one person made one mistake and everyone freaked out. Like it's like, I'm sure there were people who overreacted, but it wasn't like she made one mistake and said, please, please, I'm so, so sorry. That's not what happened. No, she made, she made the comment and doubled down and kept making comments about it. So uh, that, that's sort of how we get to where we're at today. Yeah, I mean, she still makes comments about it, you know. Um, so, but like, I don't know, like with, with it, it's all about like your personal belief system and, you know, like JK Rowling, like she made her, she came into all of our homes with Harry Potter, this underdog who we all can relate to, who we all were like, oh my gosh, like this, this kid could do, like, can do anything. Like we can, you know what I'm saying? Like it was super inspiring. So like for her to like, you know, Harry Potter's this underdog and like we're all rooting for him. That's why there's so many uh, people like in the trans community that, you know, identify with Harry Potter. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, the LGBT and like, you know. He was literally put in a closet. Literally yeah, exactly. Put yeah. In a closet. So oh, like you, you have these people that relate to that and then they just like, and so so yeah she was trying to protect one like you know uh one side of this you know whatever she wasn't anti or pro or she was pro or anti I don't I don't know what you but anyway she was while she was trying to like protect this you know um this group of people who don't really need your protection like um she was hurting people that really really needed her to like have their backs you know so um but yeah it's just all about like your personal beliefs I you know some people are super transphobic and they um think that JK Rowling is a um a trailblazer and like is helping their cause you know for them she's a hero but she's definitely not my hero she was at one point but not anymore Jimmy, you have a comment? Oh no, I was going to make a joke about the character of Harry Potter. Uh, that <laughs> were you going to make the joke that? It, were you going to make the? I think I'm going to guess the joke. Here it is. Okay. That Harry Harry Potter is just Star Wars. So J.K. Rowling maybe is not that creative of an author when it was when Harry Potter is just Star Wars. Uh, no, that wasn't oh, what I was going to say. And besides, I, I, there's a lot more that goes into into writing than just your general you know, man against the world thing. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Because um, there's only so many stories to tell, right? But no, my, my joke was that the character of Harry Potter is literally just a, a high school jock who cheats on his tests and becomes a cop. So, you okay, know. I guess you can interpret that way too. I mean, that's I actually that. what happens in the story, so. <laughs> okay. All right, very good. If I, Asset, if, I, I like you have if I watch or I read something that I enjoy, the last thing I'm going to like, okay. Uh, 
Ah, oh, this. I mean, it's just so frustrating because, like, I, I feel like I take things completely differently from anybody else. Like, so if I love a comic book, right? It's like, all right, well, Marvel's Spider-Man or whatever it is, and I'm really getting into Spider-Man, and I'm reading all the comics, and you know, and then it's like, oh, Stan, you know, Stan Lee, creator of Spider-Man, whatever. Do do I want to go? Do I want to go learn more about Stan Lee? Me personally, no. I give a rip mm-hmm. about Stan Lee. I care about Spider-Man. You know, I don't, I don't care what Stan Lee did. You know, other than hey, thanks for making Spider-Man, dude. I appreciate it. You know, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't care. He's not going to become a hero to me. He's not going to be an enemy to me because I'm just enjoying the work of Spider-Man. You know, just. And as long as it keeps going, I'm happy. Same with kind of Harry Potter, you know? I mean, it's but, like it's like anything else. I mean, we, as a society, or as humans, we are completely hypocritical about how we go through our, our life. So people will be mad at someone paying, um, you know, minimum wage, and they'll tweet at them from their iPhone. Yeah. And your iPhone was built by people who are literally dying. Well, then, if, if that's your argument, then what's the f- point of anything? What's the point of having any sort of uh, like belief Correct. system, value systems then? Well, if like, because I, we're you, always... There, everything we, we, exists we, now. Everything. We, we live in, this is the society that we live in, right? Yeah, but, but you don't have to have an iPhone. You don't have to buy clothes. But you if, you, if a, you don't have an iPhone, you're going to no, have you another type of phone that's also made you, in a factory. Like, you yeah. most certainly have to have an iPhone. In 2023, no, you, you have to have an I, iPhone. A couple of years ago, I threw mine away. I, I used a dumb phone for you. I don't have one. I, I mean, can pull it out and show you. You have to have a smartphone in today. No, I, I had a dumb phone. See, so this, and I work okay, in the tech industry. I, let me push back against this argument, because this is the same argument that says, like, just because you have sort of a belief system or value system where you want to sort of point in it when you want to pick and say hey in this particular instance like there's an injustice that doesn't mean that you have to completely get rid of everything no but you need to be aware sort of like because everything is problematic everything is so because we live in a capitalist society everything is is sort of like has exploitation at some point right so if, if that's the argument then what's the point let's just we'll all just give up and have, no, I mean, no, like, there's there's no. still discussions worth having, but you need to be you need to be aware, right? You can't you can't blame and say this person's evil, and I everything I believe is is you know true. Like I'm I'm the good one, but you're still taking part in systems that that hurt people, right? right. So you just have to be aware of of your stance and everything. Okay. Fair enough. I'm like saying, you. saying you're going to turn a blind eye to it and just accept it is the same as saying I'm, I'll turn a blind eye to everything. I, I'm hearing what you said. So let me give you an example. All right. So um, you know that I'm a huge Depeche Mode fan. I'm, I'm the biggest Depeche Mode fan ever, right? If any, if any of the members of Depeche Mode came out and were anti-gay rights, I, that would ruin the, the band for me. I would I would probably not listen to the band anymore, right? And I am the hugest Depeche Mode fan, so I think I think that there are certain instances. I think another example. So obviously, one of my chapters in my dissertation talks about CrossFit, and I write about sort of like the problematic aspects of both CrossFit and fitness culture. And I mention the controversy with Greg Glassman, 
where he got he got uh, you know kicked out of the as CEO because of the comments he made about George Floyd, right? Which and, I still don't understand, but like you don't. I don't understand. understand the, I don't understand the comment he made. It didn't. It didn't. It was. It wasn't offensive or non-offensive. It was nonsensical to me. Well, he. So I think that the the what he was trying to say is that the media was overreacting over the or the over what happened to George Floyd. That's the that's what he was trying to say. He was he was tweeting Floyd at a 19. modeling company who was saying they were going to model something to do with with the riots that summer, and he was. It was something like, "Are you going to model it as well as you modeled the COVID nineteen pandemic?" And he was. Yeah. So the, the joke was that they didn't do a good job. Yeah. So I think so. He had a lot of comments about COVID nineteen. He had a lot of comments about the sort of the the outrage over what happened to George Floyd, and you know he made several comments that were stupid, right? And 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 certainly offensive. But he also made other comments like behind closed doors that oh, were. Yeah, so that people were that, and that sort of, once this became, this surfaced, everyone was sort of, even if they agreed with them, were, they were forced to say, no, we don't agree with, with Greg Glassman, right? Uh, so in that instance, it's an example of, you know, we don't agree with what this, so Greg, Greg Glassman was the CEO. He was like the arbiter of what CrossFit was. He created CrossFit. So when you have the, the creator of CrossFit say something and everybody who does grow a lot, most people in CrossFit are like, you know what? That's too far. Although Greg Glassman said a lot of things that were stupid, problematic, but like, okay, that's too far. So in, in that instance, it's, it's a great example of the community saying we, we're no longer going to tolerate this and sort of force him out. Right. So I think, but why, but why do you care who this guy is? Because he's the creator of CrossFit. And if nope. you have the creator of CrossFit who's associated <laughs> who <gives> a rip. <laughs> because he's associated with the product. He, he's synonymous with the product. I had look, I had I had no idea who the creator of CrossFit was. No right, idea. Okay. So if so I were to what? go start CrossFit tomorrow, I would not go and search out who created CrossFit. I don't care. Because you're not in, you're not in, like involved in the CrossFit community, so it doesn't, so it doesn't matter to you, so it doesn't apply. But if it was something that that mattered more to you, then you you would probably understand it more, and then you would probably have more of a say, right? You would have more of an opinion if it was something a little more closer. Like if if it was if Blizzard, if the CEO of Blizzard said something that you disagreed with, I still have right? no idea who the CEO of Blizzard is. I mean, what whatever that. So, I, I get. I don't. I don't seek it out. I don't care who it is. Well, well great for you. Yeah, I don't care. Well, I think <laughs> well, with good J.K. Rowling, it's like <laughs> it's like her, Harry Potter is like that. That whole franchise is like her identity, or like that she's just a part of it. But like, I couldn't tell you who wrote Twilight. You know what I mean? Yeah. That could be a serial uh-huh. killer. I would have no idea. I can't tell. I don't she even know who wrote the Bible. Words. You know, like, I don't, I don't know who wrote any of that stuff. And like, those could all be really bad people, but that's, I mean, but that, but she is, that's the whole Harry Potter identity. Like that is, it's her, you know? And I so totally I that, get that's kind of the difference. Yeah. You know, I, I totally get anyone. 
like like Linda, for example, like she doesn't know who created any of these properties. So to her, it doesn't matter to her. Right. So I told it there are people out there like Acid and Linda where it's like it doesn't it, it doesn't register. So it doesn't. And I, and I totally get that. But for the people who sort of sort of like know who the creators are. You have to solve the dissonance. Either either way, you have to solve the dissonance in, in a couple of ways. Either you you originally didn't care who the creator was from the beginning, then fantastic, then you're not suffering the dissonance. But if you do know the creator, and then you and if it's inconsistent with your your sense of morality, and there's a disconnect there, then you have to solve it. So how do you solve it? You can sort of say to yourself, you can internalize it and say, okay, well. I'm no longer going to care what, what the creator thinks. Then you solve your dissonance. Or you can be like a lot of Harry Potter, Harry Potter fans who are already sort of active socially and say to themselves, okay, well, in order for me to solve the dissonance, I have to fight back. Right? So this is it's just basic human psycholo- psychology. Like, because there's a, there's, a, there's a tension there that needs to be solved. Yeah, so I think me. I mean I, I I think that's perfectly perfectly rational. It's the way you should behave, right? You should vote your dollar. I think the the issues come up with in a Western society. What are the acceptable ways of fighting back? And I mean, yeah. obviously, the toxic fandom of sending death threats and whatnot is not the way we should go about it i 100 percent agree with that yeah i don't but if that's the or i agree with that i don't agree i don't agree that people should be sending death threats i think that's terrible you don't fight evil with evil harassment death threats racism sexism all the stuff that you see on social media obviously it's not what we should have but it's what is enabled so if it's enabled, if it's allowed, and in some cases even augmented, so exacerbated by the platform itself, based on based on the fact that a lot of controversial comments they tend to get more attention, then that's what's going to surface. This is the this is just a manifestation of the of, of the digital age, right? So. Obviously, I disagree with a lot of like, with, with harassment and trolling and all that kind of stuff, but that's what we, that's where what we live in. No, so no. what do you you expect us? To, you expect people to be good? People are people, I think, as I mean, Jeremy I think said. People are fundamentally good, which I, I th- we probably disagree on on that one. By the way, "People Are Good" is another Depeche Mode song, Jeremy. So uh, you're on. <laughs> you're two for two. <laughs> you're two for two here. But I think it's it is is the anonymity of the internet, or what what people perceive to be anonymity, mm-hmm. um, combined with the sort of groupthink effect of having people who seem to agree with them mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. amplifies all this into just chaotic nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, it's just it's just the the. The so age the solution that we live is in. just to disengage from all social media, right? Is so, that so? So vote, vote the way that uh, that you think it should be. All right. 
right, well, there you go. Asset, what do you have? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I agree with Jeremy about awareness. Like, I'm, I'm very aware of a lot of things, but I, I choose not to, to, to dive any deeper than the awareness. Mm-hmm. Like, I watch a lot of things on, on social media and on, uh, like YouTube and that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm aware that a lot of things are out there, but you know, they're not, they're not bothering. They don't bother me personally. Like they're not hurting me. They're not hurting, you know, my family members. Let, let me, let me say this. All right. So in, in my CrossFit example, Greg Glassman gets forced out as CEO. I personally believe that was the right move, and it was a good thing. To be to clear, get he didn't get him. forced out. He was sole owner. He sold it for nine figures. So you can, how punished was he, really? That's a whole nother separate issue. But yes, I get that. But I think that removing him from the brand was the right thing to do. And if he was not removed from the brand, it would most certainly make me have more of a negative interpretation of CrossFit. And in fact, I probably would not be a fan of CrossFit anymore. I'd be done with CrossFit. Do you, do you, does he get points for removing himself to save the brand? Because that was his choice. He wasn't forced out. He was sole owner, right? There was no board telling him to leave when when you have famous crossfit athletes that are saying get rid of glassman like rich froning and stuff then but it doesn't mean anything get rid of it, it's it would be like somebody saying you know telling me get rid of your truck i own it right like you you there's nothing you can do about it but when you have like so the the celebrity that that some of these crossfit athletes have because it's become it became its own monster. Like yes, he created it, but the Frankenstein monster so it expanded beyond Greg Glassman. And if, and if you're saying that sort of like yeah, he still sort of like owns it, yeah. But if the monster itself says no, we no longer support you. You don't have you no longer have the monster anymore. You see what I'm saying? Like you lost it. So I, I, he was in many ways. Yes, he was. He got money from it. He's 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 totally fine. Like he's not hurt. He was not canceled. But yes, he was like he had no choice. It wasn't like he could go. You know what? F I don't, I don't know. I, I think if I think Glassman is the type of person that if he had really gotten mad about it, he would have just let it burn to the ground out of principle. Well, then, then it would have burned to the ground is what I'm trying to say. I don't think CrossFit could have survived with if if he was still there. And who knows? I could be wrong. Everyone could have been to- completely fine. I, I, I think it would be fine. I mean, there's like no one locally de-affiliated, right? I don't no, know anyone de- who did. There de-affiliated. was the, there was the affiliations. There was a lot. There were some, but I'm saying like people you know, right? There were oh, yeah, local, like, well, there were not locally. Know, but, I, but it was it was significant. Like there was there was um there was significant de-affiliations. Now you could make the argument that they were going to de-affiliate anyways because people have. Yeah, and you just use it as an excuse. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I get that. Uh, I can. Yeah, I understand. But there was significant. That that was like the final straw. But anyways, that's the show for today. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, did you have one more comment that you want to leave? 
No, uh, I think that we, I mean, I think this is a really good conversation. You know, it, it it's good when you can have conversations like these and not, it not turn into some sort of heated, um, you know, argument. Like, it's good that we can all have our opinions and, you know, still, you know, be friends and yeah, so. She really yeah. wants us to come help her move. I'm telling you. Please. That's, yeah, that's what that was. That's what that was. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that like I get I get both sides. I totally <laughs> and I totally understand all the nuance in the argument. I totally understand the Jeremy argument argument that it doesn't matter anyways. It's where we live in capitalism. So no one every anything you buy has some sort of exploitation involved in it. It's the it's the um what's the what's the the good place. It's the good place argument. It doesn't matter what you do. You're supporting something bad, right? Has anyone seen the good place? Does anyone? Yes. Get that? The show. Yeah. I no. love yeah. that show. It's so it's good. The good. It's the good place argument. It doesn't matter what you do. Anything you do, it supports something bad, right? So if we're gonna, if we're gonna do the good place argument, then who cares? Then who cares, right? <laughs> just, <laughs> just just live your life. But that's uh that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.